0: Have you seen the montage of Paul Rudd just dancing? I don't know if I have, but that would be really delightful. Okay, I'm going to find that for you because it is as delightful as it sounds. (laughs) Yay. Yes. I will also rewatch it because I could always use a little more Paul Rudd. The best.
1: Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. As we try out research-backed strategies for living authentically, we share takeaways that you can
0: use too. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today we'll talk about ways to press the reset button after a period of stress and renew your energy and hope. We're recording this episode two days after Joe Biden was announced as our next president, and after a stressful election season, we're feeling the need for a reboot. Oh, yes. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) Collective
1: exhale, yep. (sighs) But first, we wanted to share some responses to our last episode on thriving with ADHD. There was a lot of buildup to this episode for me because it took a lot to research and prepare the questions for Dr. Michelle Frank, our guest. And for me, it had been two months of just deep diving into this material. So I was excited to share. And when I hit publish, I was like, oh, this is big. You know, it's like people don't know I have this. And it's kind of surprising, you know, even just any adult with ADHD, I think, you know, it's not really mm-hmm. well known. And then it was crickets. <laughs> I, felt, <laughs> I felt like there was like no reaction. Like, I big
0: like, news, everyone. No. <laughs> hey, everybody, I got some big news for you. <laughs> I was like Okay. <laughs> that happens sometimes where you're like, this is such a big deal. And people are like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> know, cool. Right? Or you just, just don't drunk. know how they're reacting. Exactly. <laughs> I was
1: like, did you not see it? Do you not... Care do you know like I don't know if people knew how to react even though in my Facebook post on my personal page I said that you know there's a mix of feelings but mostly just relief and gratitude you know so people knew that I wasn't like broken up over it but you know still it took a while <laughs> over time people started engaging with it and stuff but yeah at first it was like all right well i okay. guess moving on <laughs> good talk <laughs> cuz it was just interesting to me but a couple friends messaged me to say that they had also been diagnosed one in childhood she had opted not to take medication. But with the stress of the worldly chaos now, she was revisiting that along with therapy. And another was diagnosed as an adult and said, you know, it was probably the greatest aha moment of my life and led to a place of great pride in my mental wiring versus something that had always frustrated me before. There's a lot of things I had always worked hard on that I gave myself permission to stop because I simply wasn't wired for it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I know. It was really cool. Just he was like, welcome to the club. You know, I expected that I would hear from some folks who did have it or suspected after hearing about it that they do. Yeah, it was cool. He recommended the book with the ADHD Advantage, which focuses on the the assets and the strengths of ADHD. That's
0: really awesome. It's nice to be connected in a new way with friends, too, you know, that you have this thing that you share you didn't know before.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, two other friends said that even though they haven't been diagnosed, they're pretty sure that they have it. Another friend said she might be on the spectrum, you know, like you are probably, Jill. Mm-hmm. And so it was really relatable to hear about your experience. And then on Instagram, there was an ADHD coach at Bounce Back NL. They said, good to get the word out like this, so girls get the help they need sooner. And that felt good because that is absolutely one of my intentions in talking about ADHD on the podcast and in general, to raise awareness about it for people, especially young girls, so they get diagnosed earlier and so that people in general
0: just understand what it really is. Yeah, absolutely. It's just something that I really had never heard about until we started talking about it recently. Right. Right. But yeah,
1: overall, I'm just feeling good about helping to normalize mental health care because we are all dealt different hands in life when it comes to our biology and circumstances, and we play those hands the best we can. So whatever blend we use of medication, therapy, self-care strategies like exercise and meditation, there's no reason for
0: shame and judgment. Yeah, so I'm very proud of you for sharing your story and for doing all these deep dives. I know that it will help other people. Thank you.
1: Well, now we will get into today's episode pressing the reset button. So we have all been through a lot in 2020. Yes. And yes, the weeks leading up to the presidential election have been especially intense and emotional. So
0: Jill, I wanted to check in with you about how you've been feeling. I've been feeling a lot of things in the recent weeks. I think leading up to the election, like many of us, I've just been wound super tightly. And I feel like this election has gone on for so long. Yeah. Just years. I mean, years we've Mm -hmm. been coping with this. And so dealing with the anxiety and stress and uncertainty of this, in addition to all the other stressors in 2020, it's been really hard for me to focus on work or other things. So Mm -hmm. now I'm still kind of figuring out how I feel, you know, after celebrating the results of the election and lots of group texts with friends and family around the world and, you know, watching not in real time because it was on pretty late here in Spain, but watching Biden and Harris's speeches and just like sobbing through most of Harris's speech, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was very cathartic. I just felt I feel relieved and, you know, a little hopeful and Oh, just like we can get back to work on yeah. fixing things, you know. After this period of a nightmare. Yes, yes. I really feel like I've been so anxious and stressed for four years, you know, and mm-hmm. so there's still many things to be stressed about, but this this is a really big one just to kind of – get us back on the path forward. I've also been a little surprised that I haven't been sleeping peacefully through the night and totally calm and fine now like I woke up last night in the middle of the night with my heart pounding for mm. no reason I could identify and
1: yeah. and I know
0: that, you know, the election isn't the solution to all of the problems in the world right now, <laughs> but I was expecting to feel like a bigger sense of relief and I don't know change my anxiety level immediately and that hasn't quite happened yeah well we will get into that in the episode of completing that stress cycle yes (laughs) but it may
1: not be totally gone from your body yes I think there are there are a few to go through so
0: (laughs) what about you babe
1: (laughs) Yeah, so much the same. I have not been following news as closely as you have, I think, for the Mm -hmm. last few weeks to protect my mental health. Probably
0: wise. I don't recommend (laughs) the level that would It really. Yeah, the times that I
1: did look, I'm just like, why did I do that? Because I'm going to vote, you know, I'm going to donate, I'm going to do all these things. But it just would raise my anxiety uh, and fear that the election would turn out like it did in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I just haven't let myself feel hopeful for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've just numbed myself as a self-protective measure more and more over the last four years. Because, you know, you stuff happens and you're like, okay, this is going to be the thing that changes things right. and then it doesn't. And then you're like, what is it going to take? And we've become so desensitized because there's just so much every single day to be outraged about, you mm-hmm. know. It's been so painful to see the cruelty and not be able to do anything directly to change it. And then with the drawn out election results, oh, you gosh. know, once Biden was finally official, like I wanted to feel that pure elation and joy that I did both times when Obama won just that night, you know, but right. yeah, it felt more just like I was relieved and happy, but also I feel like I'm slowly thawing out after a long freeze, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm just like recovering from that trauma and letting in hope bit by bit that, you know, this is not a dream, like this is actually real <laughs> and that... Like our country can actually live up to its ideals and our leaders can act in our best interests, like watching people on TV who actually know more than I do and that I, that I trust more to make good decisions for our country. It should be standard. It should be every day, but it's shocking. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, so much. And the drawn out nature of the election. I'm totally with you. Like all week, I was just trying to set aside times to check the news so mm-hmm. i wasn't on <laughs> news refreshing, all day refreshing yeah some people were yeah. wise and they set alerts i mean
1: usually i'm, I'm a fan of taking notifications off your phone mm-hmm. but like breaking news alerts it would probably have been wise just for that period so you yeah. <laughs> need to keep refreshing
0: yeah i figured i would you know check in a few times a day and then of course it dragged into the weekend I was like oh I thought we'd have something by now but maybe it's going to be till Monday and so when we finally found out Brian and I had just left the house it was Saturday evening here late afternoon evening Mm -hmm. so we're like okay let's go for a long walk and so we just left our house and we started getting all these text messages from friends and had to like pause and like sit down on a park bench (laughs) and and, process process. yeah because it did feel a little anticlimactic of course we were super happy and relieved but it had just been drawn out for so long that It's hard to process all of the emotions right now. Yeah,
1: well Darren and I had just watched a webinar on ADHD in marriage, like when one person's neurotypical and the other has ADHD and it was so helpful, so many resources, but then my brain was already full and then oh, like, yeah. right as it was ending he's like, Oh my gosh, find one and so then it was like my brain was already on overload.
0: Like I'm <laughs> my sorry, brain... am I capacity for today, if you could just hold I know, we can just pause me? and
1: tomorrow <laughs> we'll pick this up.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like
1: at saturation point and I know. And of course then the kids are like trying to get our attention and we're just like oh my gosh this is a lot right now to process but we were watching cnn and i think anderson cooper asked van jones how he was doing and it was like watching this emotional damn breaking you know just four years just pent up trauma and emotion and he said that it's it's easier to be a parent this morning it's easier to tell your kids that character matters telling the truth matters being a good person matters and I feel that so much. Yes. you know, I'm like grateful that my kids are still young. but Evan, when Trump was elected, he didn't really understand. But now he does. And Mm -hmm. so if he'd been reelected, it would have been really difficult. He already is, you know, outraged at the things that he hears. And then Van Jones was saying, I can't breathe. wasn't only George Floyd. It was a lot of people who just didn't know day to day if a tweet would embolden bigots to harass them or worse when they went about their normal day. So, yeah, he was saying this is a big deal for us just to be able to get some peace to have a chance for a reset so I just was crying just feeling like yeah, it was really amazing to see that release you know mm-hmm. and just I can only imagine being a commentator especially a commentator of color during this oh time gosh. every yes. single day just how traumatic that would
0: be so relentless this cycle yeah Yes.
1: so after watching the news commentary and then texting with friends and family and scrolling social media and toasting with whiskey my body was super wound up and restless and I was mm-hmm. like I need to go move <laughs> like I need to get rid of this stress and adrenaline so went out in the yard for a couple hours, did some raking, and felt a lot calmer.
0: (laughs) No, that's really good. Yeah, I just feel like I've been going through all of these cycles of emotions right now. And I'm, you know, so relieved and grateful for everyone who's been doing so much work on this and crying through stories I watch on the news, like the Van Jones thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been feeling that same sort of restlessness, you know, still mm-hmm. stressed and just like, I I need to move around, but I'm not sure what to do. So I've also been going on a lot of walks the last few days, like more than usual, mm-hmm. just to try to give myself an outlet for that. But I'm, I feel like I haven't fully gone through that process yet. I'm still cycling.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of uneasiness, too, I think, because during that election week, those of us who had hoped that the results would be super landslide for Mm -hmm. Biden and a total repudiation of Trump that wasn't what it was and I'm just like you know what this this person is and you voted for him and just that sinking feeling It's of very like man like we have a lot of work to do for so many reasons i mean some folks just really are believing the propaganda machine they're victims who then become victimizers yeah. and so there's like a lot of uncertainty right now about what the next step is going to look like so i think you know there's some uneasiness there yeah <laughs> for sure forward. like excitement and hope but also <laughs> and i'm glad that you know Harris and Biden both are like we want to be everyone's president we've got a lot of work to do
0: together and having that attitude going forward Yes, absolutely. It feels very comforting to to hear that kind of message after the last four years. Oh my gosh, it's so foreign. Yes. <laughs>
1: I'm just like are you speaking a different language? I, I don't know. understand. I know.
0: Oh, yes. So I've been thinking a lot about this election in the framework of stress because both of us are reading the book right now, Burnout: The Secret mm-hmm. to Solving the Stress Cycle, written by twin sisters. Amelia, and Emily Nagoski, and it's very fun because they are smart and awesome sisters, and we love sister collabs. I sure do. You sure do. And they're also pop culture culture junkies, which I appreciate. (laughs) Yes. The book is just really great. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. really well-researched, really well-written, but it uses a lot of storytelling and a lot of pop culture references, so Mm -hmm. it makes research very uh, palatable and interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: memorable. Yes, very memorable. The book is fantastic. It's really changed how I think about dealing with stress, like, already, and I'm not even done with the book. So I've had it in my to-read queue for over a year. I looked on my Goodreads, and it's in October of last year. (laughs) Uh, It's a good time for it. Yes. Books all have their time in your life. Yes. I have a long list of personal development and psychology books that I will get to eventually. (laughs) But I was inspired to start reading it now after hearing the Nagoski sisters on an episode of Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, last month, which you recommended to me, Malia. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. good. And the the episode just really gives a great overview of the first chapter of the book, which is arguably the most important one Mm -hmm. about how we experience and accumulate stress in our bodies and how we need to complete the stress cycle to avoid burnout and emotional exhaustion. Our physiological stress
1: response evolved to help us survive short-term acute stressors like running from predators. And Robert Sapolsky writes about this in his excellent book on stress, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And burnout builds on that. The Nagoskis give the example of being chased by a predator like a lion. So you see the animal, your body floods with hormones like adrenaline and cortisol to help you run away. And you had managed to outrun it and make it back to your village where someone lets you into their home. The animal goes away, and you are filled with relief, love, gratitude, joy, and the book says that this is what completes the stress response cycle and tells your body, okay, you're out of danger. Your body is a safe place to be again, but it's not the absence of the stressor, the predator, that completes the cycle. Getting rid of the stress is a totally different process. It's the act of running and the feeling of connection with the people who let you know that you're safe.
0: And in modern life, we're not usually running from predators, which I am grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag blast. <laughs> yes. We are mostly dealing with constant stressors that cause the same stress response in our bodies, but it's work or money, health, parenting, relationships, you know, pandemic, it, the list goes on. But we often don't complete the stress cycle. So we're not running away from a lion and then celebrating how great it is to be alive with human connection. So these incomplete cycles get us stuck in this place of chronic stress for weeks or months or even years, which can have really serious negative effects on our physical health, like high blood pressure and digestive issues. Mm -hmm. And what I found really helpful about this chapter in burnout is the distinction between stress and stressors. Mm -hmm. So a stressor is something that is causing you stress. So the election, pandemic, your stressful job, your kids, virtual learning, your fears about your family's safety, etc., And a lot of stressors are out of your control, which is very difficult. But what I loved about the book is that it points out that you don't have to wait for the stressors to go away before you can feel better. So you can deal with the stress caused by the stressors by completing the stress response cycle.
1: Yes, and we'll get into how to do that in just a second. But I really felt this when the election was called for Biden. So the stressor of the election was gone but the accumulated stress was still in my body. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so the is compare the stress cycle to a tunnel that you're going through from beginning, middle to end, and I was just stuck in the middle. So I needed to move through to the end and then back into the light. And yeah. they share seven different ways that you can complete the stress cycle in your everyday life. And um, These are meant to be ongoing habits to keep you from getting burnt out by chronic stress. So with practice, you can figure out what works best for you and do these practices regularly. And note that you can't just tell yourself to de-stress. It's not an intellectual or cognitive process. You can't just be like, relax. You know (laughs) that always works so well. I know. (laughs) You have to show your body through physical actions that it's safe. So here are the seven ways to complete the cycle. Number one, physical activity. This is what they call your first line of attack in the battle against burnout. This can be any movement of the body, walking, running, dancing, yoga. They say something that makes you breathe harder. And then speaking of breathing, number two is breathing itself. Slow, deep breaths that downregulate the stress response. Number three, positive social interaction. Casual moments of connection, even pleasant chit-chat with a stranger. Number four, laughter. So
0: big belly laughs, not just polite little chuckles. And number five is affection. So a deeper connection with someone that you like, respect, and trust, and vice versa. They give the example of John Gottman's advice to kiss your partner for six seconds, which is too long to kiss someone that you resent or dislike, or hugging someone you love and trust for 20 seconds. The research suggests a 20-second hug can change your hormones, lower your blood pressure and heart rate, and improve mood, all of which are reflected in the post-hug increase in the social bonding hormone oxytocin. And number six is crying. So just having a big old cry. Mm
1: -hmm. It may not
0: change the situation that's stressing you out, but it does relieve you of the stress and completes the cycle. And number seven is creative expression. Any kind of creative activity like art, music, storytelling, theater... Those things give us somewhere to channel our big feelings, and they inspire more optimism and enthusiasm for the future. And they can also create meaning out of that stress yeah. and you know, find some purpose to it. Absolutely. They talk about, you know, breakup songs and love songs, all those big feelings going into music or art. You understand why. So as you read this list, Jill, what are the ways that you tend to use to cope and complete
1: that stress cycle?
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of these I kind of gravitate toward intuitively, like before I knew the details of the stress response cycle, I would feel the need to move around or something like that when I was feeling anxious or stressed. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to kind of see the science behind things that you might feel like an instinct to do. Right, like dance it out. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Totally dance it out. It's a great strategy. Yes. So movement for sure is Going for a walk is usually my go-to. It has been probably since high school or college, You know, sometimes with uh, a loved one with with you when we're home or with Brian or a friend, but often I'll just kind of go off on my own when I'm feeling angry or sad or frustrated and just walk until I feel a bit calmer. Mm -hmm. Dance parties, for sure. In college, we used to have those in our dorm room or our apartment. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, same,
0: (laughs) so many fun pictures of us having dance parties in our dorm room. It's very cathartic, you know, just let it all out. (laughs) (laughs) and now I'll do Zumba or things like that as well. Mm -hmm. Breathing, I've been a bit more conscious of this with some meditation practice, and now I'll just kind of try to, I can feel myself when I'm taking short, shallow breaths, and I'll try to give myself a few big, deep breaths when I'm feeling stressed out, and that Mm -hmm. just will help immediately make me feel calmer. Mm -hmm. Positive social interaction, I feel like I've really been missing this lately just yeah. with you know not having very much in person interaction besides with Brian text threads really do help a lot that's been amazing with you know mm-hmm. loved ones near and far and occasional outdoor hangs with friends here but i i do miss that and it's hard i feel like it's harder to have those casual positive of social interactions with strangers at, mm. you know, places when we're all wearing masks. And I stuff. know, absolutely. And you like might contaminate each other, you right. know, like give each other a deadly virus. So. Right. <laughs> we're all trying to keep our distance. And so that I've been feeling the lack laughter and affection. I kind of tie those together often. I'm super lucky to get a supply of both <laughs> from mm-hmm. Brian, but I do. I love hugs and I miss hugs from close family and friends mm-hmm. very much right now. I do try to Build laughter into my day, um, watching funny things or just trying to giggle at the absurdity of, of it all if, if it comes to mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Crying, this often happens when I just feel overwhelmed by strong emotions mm-hmm. and I hate it. I've always hated it. <laughs> but I feel like I'm able to give myself a little more self compassion knowing that this is like a legit way to deal with stress. Right. <laughs> Not that I needed like legitimacy for, you know, feeling <laughs> a human emotion and crying about it, but. Uh, often when I feel like angry or frustrated, it will come out as tears, which I have always been frustrated with. (laughs)
1: Right. Well, you feel out of control and you want to be able to control it, although it is such a healthy response. And I think at least it's becoming more accepted socially. There's still some work to do,
0: especially for men, you know, around men and be able to show emotion. But more and more. Yes, more and more. And, you know, it's great that I work from home. So if I need to sob it out, it's it's, (laughs) great. You don't have to go into the work bathroom. (laughs) Yes, I've always, yeah, not my favorite thing. (laughs) And then creative expression, I I do lean on this one a lot too. So writing and podcasting, working on semi-together stuff. Music, Mm -hmm. I have lots of favorite playlists, a couple that you and I share, which really bring me joy. And then recently playing the ukulele. And then cooking, just making stuff for fun and for enjoyment. Those are all my go-to strategies. What about Mm -hmm. you?
1: Yeah, it's got You have so many. (laughs) I'm (laughs) glad you do. Yeah, knowing
0: that movement is
1: especially important for ADHDers has made me more conscious of moving my body every day here and work from home because I do get less movement than when I was working from an office and had stairs I would climb and hallways to walk down. And so these days I've been going jogging with our dog, Lily, first thing in the morning and that's been really great. I used to be a runner, not hardcore, but I at one point I was running like 5 miles a day at my peak. And wow. like that was super good stress relief. And in San Francisco there were tons of hills to run yeah, on. And so intense. when I was yeah, when I was anxious, I would just like lace up my running shoes and then just sprint to fast music and that would totally kick down the anxiety. Here I'll jog. Lily can't keep up with me, <laughs> and neither can Evan when I when I take him. Um, doing yoga bends, forward bends with a whooshing out breath is a oh. way to to trigger the relaxation response. Yep, that is therapist recommended, and it works every time. Yeah, dancing it out is great. family dance party is super fun because you get the dance and the laughter because the kids are always just so goofy. And yeah, we do freeze dance sometimes. (laughs) Well, having Alexa, you know, to play all kinds of (laughs) silly music is super fun. Yes. And the Nagoskis say that if you have a lot of incomplete stress cycles built up in your body, you'll need multiple sessions of movement over time or of any of these strategies really to complete those cycles. So it's good to know. Like you may take a jog and be like, I'm still anxious and stressed. Like, okay, well, there's more work
0: to do. Right. It's helpful to know that. I think that it is since I've been in this kind of stuck state, it's nice to know that like, okay, we'll just keep keep moving forward. Yeah.
1: Well, breathing, I tend to hold my breath. I think a lot of us do when anxious (laughs) or stressed without even realizing it. And so just pausing and telling myself to breathe slowly and deeply, sometimes using the four, seven, eight breath that we talked about with Dr. Megan Clapton in episode 35. Mm hmm. Yeah, positive social interaction. You're totally right about the masks It making it so much harder to connect with other people. And I kind of try to smile with my (laughs) eyes. Smile with my eyes. (laughs) You know, even in like picking up Avery from daycare. I, you know, used to chat with other parents and now we're just kind of, are we six feet apart? Are we crowding each other? You know, but seeing our neighbors even in passing has been really fun. We're lucky to live next door to our good friends laughter is one i mean darren is one of the funniest people i've ever met so living with him is a joy and you and brian are also so we have a group thread that just cracks me up on the regular yes it is a huge bright spot in my day too (laughs) yes and our kids are really funny too they both have a really great sense of humor and having a go-to comedy to watch at the end of the day has been really lovely. I've talked about, you know, Schitt's Creek was our, like, go-to for a while. So good. <laughs> Great quarantine show. And then 30 Rock is the one now. And it will guarantee just so many laughs. And I feel so much better afterward. Affection from Darren and the kids has been great. Darren and I have been doing some twenty-second hugs, and that Aww. definitely works just to calm your system. I mean, even petting your cat for a few seconds physiologically takes your heart rate down.
0: Yeah, and they talk about that in the book. Mm-hmm, They do your dogs and cats like yeah, affection, totally. Giving you affection, yeah, exactly.
1: Crying, I could really use a good cry. Like I cried a little bit with Van Jones. I cried a little bit with Kamala's acceptance speech, but. Mm-hmm. I think I need to watch a good sad movie. Oh I yeah, love to have a good cry. Yeah. Do you have a go-to sad movie that you? Gosh, I was trying to think of one. I don't know that I do. It's been a while. Do I you? know.
0: I, I'm not sure either. There are some I remember like just destroying me, but I'm not sure if I could revisit like My Girl as a yes. Kid. I know. You know. I feel like
1: I want like a moving, inspirational, happy cry. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll brainstorm. If you, if any of you listeners have a good go to cathartic cry recommendation please send yes. it our way <laughs> or some music
1: yeah yes In creative expression, playing guitar and piano and singing, yeah, this podcast has been great. Mm -hmm. Anytime I have ideas or want to work something out, I'm able to have a place to do that in our e-newsletter and podcast. Otherwise, those ideas would just kind of tumble around in my head, so Mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to get them out. (laughs) Yes,
0: and I like that when things are stressful, we can just be like, well, this is content. You know, we can reframe it (laughs) as something useful. Yes, that we can talk about and share. (laughs) Yes.
1: So... Yep,
0: those are mine, my go-to's. Those are good. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to kind of break them down in these categories and realize the things that you, you do naturally mm-hmm. or the things you want to do more of.
1: Yeah, exactly. And make sure that those are still part of your day,
0: you know, even when it's stressful. I mean, especially when it's stressful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so how do we try to open ourselves up to hope again after being so guarded and disillusioned for so long? Yeah,
1: pressing the reset button here is a little more challenging, I think, because I think I'll need to consciously undo some of my learned helplessness around politics. Mm -hmm. And that'll just take time. I mean, I might go back and listen to episode 15, Choosing Optimism. Because after so long of just feeling like what I do isn't going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a very scary and despairing thought. But like reading about how the American people for this election pitched in in so many ways, like donating, sending postcards and texts, making phone calls. It shows me that our individual actions collectively do make a difference Mm -hmm. on a larger scale. And even just our individual actions, just doing what you can within your sphere of influence, you know, makes a difference to someone. I'm watching videos of people, you know, dancing in the streets and celebrating yes. around the world. You sent me an Instagram story of little girls watching Kamala Harris become the first woman vice president elect and woman of color in that role and it was so oh, inspirational. I'm yes. just like the next generation is seeing, you know, seeing this on their screen. Yes.
0: Yeah, the, those stories just made me feel so happy and hopeful watching. Yeah. So I feel like slowly
1: my cold heart is beginning to melt, you know. <laughs> like the Grinch, you know. Oh, yeah. Slowly. <laughs> now my heart's going three sizes. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, for those of us who do feel really deeply, I think we have had to shield ourselves really intentionally. I mean, and ADHDers included, because it can make us just get really obsessed and like emotionally dysregulated when we just feel out of control and feel like people are being cruel and, you know, you just can't do anything to help. So you're letting yourself feel again. (laughs) It will take some time, you know.
0: Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about going back to listen to our episode with April Snow, Mm -hmm. who is a therapist who specializes in working with highly sensitive people and introverts because Mm -hmm. a lot of what she said really resonated in terms of like people who feel very deeply Mm -hmm. feel a lot and people who feel really deeply can get overwhelmed by these moments you know it's just Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. and you feel for all of these people and you over empathize and it's it can make you freeze uh, or at least it can for me Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to go back and listen to that but yeah I, I feel like it's helped me looking at some of those celebratory images and videos and looking to all the helpers, as always. Mm -hmm. I need all those reminders I can get that all of these actions do matter. Mm -hmm. And I I think it will take me some time, too, to fully reset. But I do feel more optimistic already. I mean, certainly more than last week. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. So the day that the election was called, I got an email from Vote Safe America, where I had recently donated, and the subject line was, Everything Mattered. Oh, and I love that. I know it was such a cathartic thing to read. It just talked about all the ways that people have collectively channeled their anger and sadness and fear into action over the last mm-hmm. four years. Mm-hmm. And it really stuck with me because, I mean, they've done so much work, too, in terms of organizing and. Yeah, tireless work. Tireless. The last years. Yes. And it's been really inspiring to see people all over the country really put their energy and money towards something that matters and here's an excerpt from that email and said some of you who've stepped up in the last few years have been in this fight for a long time but for a lot of you it might have been the first time the first time you ever called Congress the first time you knocked on doors the first time you ever donated to a candidate made calls sent texts the first time you joined a campaign or even ran for office yourself and you didn't just do this for yourself you did it for a family member who might be sick or a friend who might be worried about deportation. You did it for millions of people you haven't even met. You did it because you believed that despite everything that's bad and broken about our country, we could still beat back the greatest threat to America in our lifetimes.
1: Ooh, I love that.
0: <sighs> yeah. That's I weird. know. I read that and I just felt like it It really, it got me.
1: Yeah. God, what a contrast to the email I got from moveon.org the day after the Trump election. Oh. It was this is a disaster. Yes. And that was the, really the start of impending doom. So this is a breath of fresh air.
0: It really is. It really is. Just and yeah, everything mattered. I'm really trying to to harness that energy moving forward. Yeah, gosh, that's great.
1: I thought every little bit, really. I mean, you see that these races can be really close. And yes. And it
0: can just come down to a few thousand votes sometimes. Yes. Certainly on the local level. Absolutely. It matters a ton. So that was a nice bit of hope and inspiration to, to motivate us moving forward. Yeah. Well,
1: it will take time and we will be patient, like I always say. Oh, yes. I am
0: very patient by nature. Everyone tells me.
1: (laughs) But we are hopeful that we can press the reset button on stress and learn to hope again. Yes. It is a great, fresh start. Yes. So grateful. Yes. Well, now it's time for Get It Together, Got It Together, a segment where we share something that we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us right now. So Jill, why
0: don't you go first? Okay, so my get it together is not being very intentional about weekend plans. So Mm -hmm. it could just be a fluke because last week was all over the place. Mm -hmm. But this past weekend just felt like an extension of the work week, which is a huge bummer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Time became even more meaningless. Like the election was still ongoing. I had a little bit of work that I was finishing. Everything's quasi shut down here in Barcelona. So there's not much to do here anyway. Mm -hmm. So it just felt kind of shapeless. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to be more intentional about future weekend plans because I I love weekends, of course. (laughs) It's nice (laughs) to have fun things to look forward to. So I'd like to be more intentional about finding a balance of recharging and fun and productive things for future weekends, even though it is more limited in what that can be right now right Mm, help you get creative I guess yeah the
1: ideas that we've talked about from like our COVID episode yes for sure we've uh, we've name checked a lot of other episodes in this episode so this this is a good chance for y'all to go back and including ourselves (laughs) and listen to past Malia and Jill yes
0: we were very wise sometimes so I'll go back and listen (laughs) to those ideas Like, good point, Past yes. Jill. Good job, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> so my Got It Together is I feel proud that I didn't totally lose my mind last week during the election
1: mm-hmm.
0: because, you know, it would have been understandable to just go totally off the rails. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> desperate times. But some habits did kind of get out of whack. You know, we were staying up too late to check in on news because we're mm-hmm. six hours ahead of the East Coast. So we would finish up work and then allow ourselves to check in on the headlines and Mm -hmm. the count and all that not eating very many vegetables you know i was on a strict comfort food only diet for the whole week (laughs) which was very important (laughs) very important totally necessary but (laughs) but overall i was able to function i was able to somewhat limit my news intake and get work done and what turned out to be kind of a busy week so Mm -hmm. just surviving felt like a victory and everything else was just gravy That's right. We got to lower expectations during those times.
1: Yes. And we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So anything that we get done and anything that we can have self-control in, that is a victory. Yes, it is a good reminder. Everything is a victory. So
0: (laughs) what about you, Malia?
1: (laughs) Well, my get it together, as I've talked about, we have an ongoing sleep saga in our home. And the the latest chapter mm-hmm. is that my children after the time change it threw off their sleep as always. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, curse the time change. They were sleeping through the night and then they started waking up. First of all, they did weren't tired when it was time to go to bed. Oh. Um yeah. And it just threw off their schedule and then they woke up during the night several times and so finally they're starting to sleep a little better, but we have been going to bed late, Darren and I, because the kids had been going to bed later and then we're of course also checking the election results and all that mm-hmm. so this is the only factor that i can reliably control is the time that i go to bed right <laughs> so, um we're trying to like change little factors in the you know temperature to get the kids to sleep through the night but yeah i i can absolutely like, go to bed by you know 10 30 instead of like eleven thirty and later because they will reliably get up if not during the night at 6 a.m <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yes yeah <laughs> So I am working on getting my bedtime a little bit earlier, even though I love those evening hours, and having that time for just me time is Mm -hmm. so nice, but sleep is so foundational yes (laughs) my got it together is i gotta give myself credit for diving right into the adhd resources and treatment and already seeing improvements i think people can put off a diagnosis they can be in denial they can feel shame and i mean my heart goes out to to folks who do feel ashamed and judged and face like a lot of misunderstanding about Mm -hmm. adhd and feel afraid to share that i feel privileged that i whether it's being self-employed or also a a trait of having ADHD is that you are pretty open and like don't have as many filters so I think yeah by the (laughs) virtue of it you know but yeah it's been a lot of work but I'm in hyper focus around it I really enjoy it so I give myself credit for just facing it and learning to manage it and thrive with it instead of just pretending it's not there or trying to be like a neurotypical person. I'm just more embracing my
0: neurodiverse brain. That's awesome. And, yeah. I'm seeing how I can work with it. Yes. That's awesome. And that also inspires me to look more into it because I would like to get more into some of the strategies and finish that book on ADHD that I was reading <laughs> <laughs> <Things> like that. <laughs> Because I do think I would benefit from it with my probably mild <laughs> mild case myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I do get that it is really overwhelming. And I think, you know, especially folks who have been undiagnosed for many, many years, you're so down that road that you're just like, oh, it feels like one more thing. But it's like the thing if you can unravel and treat it, then it will all the other challenges right. make a lot less challenging. You know, so just carving out that time and space to to center on it and realize that it's never too late and your life will be better. your life will be better with treatment of of whatever kind
0: yes that
1: is a very good reminder yeah it's been a really positive development awesome happy Uh, diagnosis as they say awesome well that is all for this episode of semi together how are you pressing the reset button after a stressful time what are your go-to ways to complete the stress
0: cycle email us at podcast at semi or send us a voice memo and here's a friendly reminder, if you haven't already, take a moment to subscribe to Semi Together or leave us a rating or review. You can also support the podcast through Patreon at patreon.com slash Semi Thanks for listening to Semi Together, and take it from
1: us, you have it more together than you think you do. How are you pressing the reset button after a stressful period? What are your, does that sound
0: like period, like menstrual period?
1: <laughs> like collection season?
0: <laughs> Doesn't it feel like we've all had cramps and nausea for the last four years? <laughs> Very hormonal. <laughs>